I have been so geeky this week, you guys. You and are the Yoda of abdominal tumors. The right amount of drunk for this. Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. This is serious business. Greetings, there's an entire universe of Marvel movies that we haven't talked about in a little while, so uh, grab a drink because this is serious business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's exciting, thrilling, superhero-packed episode with the G1 panel. What? Yeah! Going back to our roots. So long, long ago, in the distant era of 2012, we did our first ever podcast. No one was uh, alive back then. Yes. Things were so different. The economy was slightly worse. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> but we, we decided to open this podcast with a discussion uh, leading up to the first Avengers movie. And we figured... It's not a bad time to uh, to check out Phase 2, do a little bit of a retrospective, given that uh, Avengers Age of Ultron is due for uh, for May of next year. So, uh, starting off, we got Rob. Rob, how's it going? It's going well, Jeff. Glad to hear it. So, Rob, yeah. Yeah. here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Name either a director or an actor who has not been a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that you would like to see a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and if it's an actor or actress, uh, name the role you'd like. But you can also do a director if you want. Okay. Can I pick Edgar Wright? <laughs> no. No. Can't be anyone who's been announced. It can, however, be someone who did something along... Well, yeah. No, well, I'll well, Edgar... say no. I'll say no. No, but Edgar Wright, could... he dropped out. He's not doing it anymore. Oh. <laughs> if he did, in fact, drop out, then... No, I'm still going to say no. <laughs> I'll take it harder for you. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, go, let's go weirder. Let's say David Fincher. Oh shit! I wanted, I want, I wanted, I want like a dark, dark Marvel movie. Yeah, that's a good call. Do, do like Punisher. I don't know. He might even be like a cool like Doctor Strange mm. kind of guy. Make it really spooky. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of what else. He does a lot of like true crime. Well, not true crime, but like very dense sort of. Uh, he's got Gone Girl coming out. He did Zodiac. Trying to think how that uh, relates to Marvel, like a detective. John, help me out here. Who? Maybe like a Moon Knight or something. I don't know. It'd be pretty cool. I think you should uh, do Spider Man. Spider Man. David David Fincher's Spider. David Fincher's Spider Man. That would be pretty bizarre. I bet. Well, Frank Miller's like, Hello Kitty. It's a fucking cat. Um, <laughs> no, like they could do like a Gotham Central or whatever, but like from the was it Daily Bugle in Spider Man. Yeah, right. Mm, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, That'd I don't know. That'd be David Fincher's version of Spider-Man. It'd be all from, like, the reporter's point of view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. That'd be really awesome. Goddamn. Or uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Maybe that's close, yeah. All right. Yeah, something like that. Cool. Uh, so, Rob, what, if anything, you're drinking this fine? I guess it's it's pretty early in the morning for you, it's huh? It's 10 a.m. here, man. I'm drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> it's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got up like 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It's not too guys. late to put a little whiskey in that coffee. No, no. Got, <laughs> got a day ahead of me here. Psychopath. <laughs> so moving on, we got Kristen. Kristen, how's it going? It's going well. Glad to hear it. So Kristen, uh, what director or actor or actress uh, would you like to see as part of the Marvel Universe who, who hasn't been a part of it? Oh, man. Um, I want Ava Green to be a villain. Mm-hmm. I don't read Marvel, so I don't know who she would be. But she'd be a get good her in there. <laughs> sorceress who is uh okay. <laughs> she's a Thor villain. Oh, sweet. but she's yeah. Yeah, pretty big one too. I can't believe they haven't even hinted at her. But uh yeah, she would take Loki's spot and be be oh, the fa- Yeah, I mean like Femme Loki with Ava mm-hmm. Green would be fantastic. That's basically what sorceress is. So. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, Or Russell Brand's Deadpool. Mm. Oh, man, that's a really good idea. Mm. I'm half joking, but the more I think about it, like, that actually might work. Oh, I didn't even think about... So we can go go beyond the Marvel Studios, talk about, like, Fox. You were talking about Spider-Man, so... Yeah, it's true. Okay, damn it. All right. Uh, Yeah, no, it's tough. MCU is, like, such a weird... Yeah, thing to define given how many properties. I want that Deadpool footage to be real. 
Mm-hmm. That was so when they're flipping through the car and he's pointing at the drawing like this is gonna be you. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, what if anything are you drinking this fine afternoon? Um, my I'm drinking my weight and chai tea. Mm. Yeah, I feel like this is gonna be a pretty dry cast. We'll see if John <laughs> breaks the, breaks the breaks the streak here. Look, so Saturday was fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So speaking of John, John, how's it going? Going pretty well, Jeff. Pretty well. Pretty well, eh? Well, everybody else said well. I wanted to put a little variation on it, and there's only so many ways you can answer that question. Get that little John spin. That's right. Nice. So, John, what director, actor, or actress would you like to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that uh, hasn't already been a part of it? Uh, Well, this isn't a really wild departure, but um, I would say Matthew Vaughn, Mm. who directed X-Men First Class and... Mm kick-ass just because uh, i think he's a good guy to do like a little bit more of you know an edgy picture so i don't really know what marvel universe movie he would do but i think he would he would do a good job Mm. i suppose cool very cool and what if anything are you drinking this fine afternoon i'm drinking a shipyard pumpkin ale yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. it is september now so yeah with a, a very sloppily sugar-coated rim. I tried, but it didn't. It's not that pretty, but the taste is there, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Make sure it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to going to bars and getting the, uh, the cinnamon sugar rim on my pumpkin what? beers. It's uh, now... Oh, that's totally a thing. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Kristen. Jesus. Where have you been, Kristen? Kristen. <laughs> New York? <laughs> drinking at home. <laughs> drinking, drinking at home. Hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. So let's see. I I want to see Luke Besson. Oh my god! In oh, in man. the Marvel universe, um, I don't know what he'd do. I'm not the best person to really pick that. I want to say Deadpool, but I don't know too much about Deadpool aside from him being kind of ridiculous, slapstick, and full of puns and immortal. Why does he just do a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy sequel? That would be cool, too. That would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff with the Collector seems right out of, like, Junet and Besson, who are, like, the two yeah. weirdos. I always get confused. Yeah. Guardians, Guardians cool felt too. like Fifth Element had, had that kind of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see. They were sort of cousins. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely would like to see Luke Besson take on pretty much anything in that universe. I think he'd have a lot of fun with it, and, it would, and the audience would benefit. Did you see Lucy? I didn't. I heard it was weird. I heard it was a mess. So yeah. I heard it was bad. Yeah. 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 I heard it. It has like twenty minutes of fun action movie that is advertised in the trailers, and then the rest of it gets weird in French. And stupid pseudoscience. Yeah. yeah. Not even pseudoscience. It's just like <laughs> make shit up. You know, it's. It, I'm. I'm in the same boat. Like uh, everybody groans when they hear that. You know, one hundred percent of your brain bullshit. But at the same time, like I watched a movie about a bunch of apes. Like taking over the world, and I didn't care. Yeah, but I mean, like, um, if you use 100% of your brain, you can change matter. Like, what? Yeah, and, you know, sentient apes can do any. I don't know. There's yeah, but still... that's, that's a completely fictitious premise, really. Whereas the other thing is sort of like, yeah, there's people. Right, but, but think... if you're making an action movie, well, here's the thing. I mean, it depends on whether or not it was actually an action movie. Again, I didn't see it, so. But from the trailer, if you look at the trailer and it's an action movie, like, the premise is is not meant to be the main core of the movie. It's it's You're meant to just sort of take it right. with a grain of salt and see what kind of fun things they do with it. But yeah, I know, I know, it's dumb. It's stupid and not right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to defend a movie I didn't see too much. <laughs> but I did I did read and Ask Me Anything with Luke Besson where he talks a little bit about that and he's like, you know, I, I know it's not right, but it really wasn't the point. Yeah, <laughs> it just okay. wasn't the point. Cool. Uh, that Ask Me Anything, by the way, is amazing. People should all look it up. Uh, it's full of great stuff. So I am also drinking precious life-giving water for the first time oh. in a while on the cast. Uh, I've been jealous of everybody the past couple weeks drinking water, so. (laughs) If only you could get your hands on some water. Yeah, it's so so hard to come by. the one with the drought. Yeah, it's a drought over here, man. Like, this this coffee. 
Oh, it rained here Precious last night, water, so, precious you know, water. <laughs> I was able to Bastards. harvest some from my rain catcher. This is a sensitive issue here. Yeah, seriously. So, let's hop right into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, when uh, last we talked about this in kind of a macro way, the Avengers was just coming out. Since then, we've had Iron Man 3, Thor 2, or Thor The Dark World. Um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which I believe was a, a panel favorite. Guardians of the Galaxy, also a panel favorite. And uh, I think that's all we're getting leading up to Avengers Age of Ultron. There's been some development amongst the uh, individual franchises, and then an entire new, ridiculous new franchise in Guardians of the Galaxy was introduced. So uh, I guess I want to go around real quick and ask people if they have a favorite movie from among those and why it was why why they think it was the most successful just really briefly so let's actually start with Kristen on that one uh i really liked captain america the winter soldier i i went back and listened to our podcast and i complained about it a little bit but then i was inundated with uh tumblr pictures of sebastian stan and i've been converted um <laughs> no although i stand by the things that i said in the podcast that we all kind of agreed on which is that that um the character bits are the best part um and they need more winter soldier um, but on the whole, it was pretty good. And I think the reason for that is because it had a consistent and cohesive tone. And that's what I want for phase three going forward is that they took like a theme of, you know, thriller espionage movie and went with it and they stuck to it. And so it wasn't just an action movie. It was almost a genre movie. And I thought that yeah. made it really good. Um, and I really like the Russo brothers and their work on community and things like that. And, you know, I've heard, like, interviews with them, and they seem like they have a really good sense of humor, and they have, like, really good ideas, and, uh, yeah, I just want them to do more work with Marvel, and, yeah, more choosing, like, a tone and sticking to it, instead of just, like, saying, Robert Downey Jr., go! Mm -hmm. Build a movie around Robert Downey Jr. I'm sure there's so many scripts that say, and then Robert says something funny, Mm -hmm. and we move on from there. Um, which is, I mean, he's good at it, but, you know, he's not going to be around forever, so... You Kristen, know, ha- don't say that. I don't mean, gonna, <laughs> I don't mean like, die. No, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think the cohesive tone is um, what made that movie really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I suck and haven't seen the movie, but, but would you say that it had the right kind of perspective? It, it, was, it stayed sort of small and micro, or was it... It didn't end in, in like, a, oh my god, we have to do this thing now or the world explodes. Yeah, I mean, there were, you know, helicarriers blowing up, which like, I'm getting a little sick of, but there weren't any portals to other dimensions, which so many of these movies have had. <laughs> and just like, yeah, so many of these are, the world is going to end. And actually, like, you know, the helicarriers are almost an afterthought in Captain America. Like, a lot of the emotional drive of that movie is between Steve and Bucky. Like, that's kind of a lot of what's driving the movie, or at least, the, you know, the last yeah, second act. Half. Yeah. So there is, like, an emotional resonance, too, instead of just a vague, oh, we don't want everyone to die. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I don't want the world to explode. But other than that, like, you know, it's like in Godzilla when they put in, like, a little kid to make you care. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, in the general sense, I value human life, but eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're bad, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Let's move on to John. John, do you do you agree? Uh, do you have a, a different favorite of the, the the four we've gotten? Yeah, I would I would pretty much agree with what Kristen said. I think that for me, it's a pretty it's pretty even between Winter Soldier and Iron Man three. But wow. I, I would say that Winter Soldier edges it out just because, like Kristen said, the the theme was a little bit tighter, and I liked the action to story ratio a little bit. <laughs> a little bit more in Winter Soldier, but I, I think of the all the Phase Two movies that I've seen, it's all it's pretty close. I, I haven't seen Thor: The Dark World, so I can't really give that. Which explains ranking. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would say they're all pretty close, but I, I would narrowly give it to Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Rob, what about you? Man, I don't know. Really? I saw I saw all four of them, and Guardians is the only one I haven't seen. More than once. Wait, what? Even Thor two? Uh, oh yeah, that's right, Thor two. I only saw <laughs> that too. But that really only requires one viewing. Yeah. If that, I really love Iron Man three. Uh, Winter Soldier didn't hold up as well on the second viewing, 
and Iron Man 3 does. I think I'm going to have to say Iron Man 3 hmm. was my favorite of of the Phase 2. But that I, there's an asterisk next to that because I, I did quite enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy, and I, I really want to watch that again ASAP. So that could change, but at least, you know, this morning... If I had to pick under my head, I think uh, I would pick Iron Man 3. I really like what Shane Black did there. There is a pretty consistent, at least, character theme with Tony in that one. There is some interesting themes going on with, like, yeah, dividing him from the suit and the fact that a lot of the suits are empty when they're operating in Iron Man 3. I thought it was really interesting. And I don't know, man, that, that Mandarin twist, I, I just... I think is still one of the the best moments in uh, Marvel franchise. So yeah, I think one I'm gonna give it to. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Ben Kingsley's just sitting there like what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Iron Man three. But with like John said, uh, it's it's pretty narrow. I did like Winter Soldier, and I thought Guardians was pretty special. So yeah, it was a it was a it's a tight race in this phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I only saw Iron Man three and Guardians, and uh, I I I would give it to Guardians over Iron Man three. I feel like Iron Man three is is two thirds of a very good movie, and then if I remember correctly, it sort of falls apart for me. But Guardians was was pretty solid throughout, even though it's got some some serious flaws with certain characters. But but it's just it's just while I was sitting there watching it, there was never a moment where I was like taken out of the movie. Whereas with uh, Iron Man three, that happened a couple times. So um, it sounds like universally we think Thor is the the fucking <laughs> garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, is do we think that's gonna hurt the Thor individual franchise? Do we feel like there's not there's still untapped potential there? I think there. Than, yeah. I think there that there is. I mean. There's got to be right. There's like, Does there's like ha- half a century of of material to work with, and for some reason it, it just it came off so like bland. I don't I don't know. I have trouble even remembering what it was about. It, yeah, there was something not quite right with uh, the Dark World. They've hired one of their own producers to write the third one, mm. which is not a good sign. Thor has always been, at least for me personally, like not one of my favorite Marvel characters in their movies. The Thor movies haven't been my favorite, but uh, Thor two in particular, especially in contrast to the other Phase two movies, is like not the same caliber. Mm -hmm. Well, it is just so strange that you know, like the comic books, it feels like they just they they're constantly pulling in new writers and new directors. You know, you think of the director as the artist and the writer as the writer, I guess, much in the same yeah. way that, that all of these comic book franchises move mm-hmm. forward. So, you know, the first Thor was was Kenneth Branagh directing, and he, I, he's he was like the best choice in the world to do a Thor movie. I can't think of anyone I would rather see. And he he, I actually really like the first Thor. I think it's it's my favorite of the phase, or one of my favorite of the phase one, um, probably not my favorite. And then Thor 2, it sounds like, you know, they, they got entirely new people, and yeah. it was just a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, Ant-Man aside, I think Thor, the Thor movies have been the most sort of troubled production-wise. You always hear about reshoots happening, or even like before cameras start rolling, there's a lot of like switches, like directors have been dropping out. You know, I mean... This could be something that's indicative of Marvel because that happened with John Favreau too. But Thor, in particular, always seems like I guess it's because the material is so tricky because mm-hmm. it is it is so like fantastical and wonky and different from like something like Winter Soldier, which, as Kristen mentioned, is like very grounded. It's like in the world of like Bourne or Bond almost, and if Thor is just so out there that I think it's I think it must be hard for the studio to sort of like nail down what they want to get out of these movies because it re- it really is like anything goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems problematic to go from good, solid, character-driven story to something that, that goes off the rails with like the mysticism well, or mythos. Yeah, They should ahead, pick Mr. a theme. And, you know, like, yeah. with what their subject material is, they should go for like an epic... You know, like, watch Gladiator five times and then watch a, write a script for Thor. You know, like, yeah. if you're going to have someone talking like that. Um, I mean, in the first one, they did sort of cute stuff with, like, uh, you know, fish out of water things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they probably, there's only so much you can get out of that. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I think that the part of the problem with Thor is that, like, for the first one, you know, Kenneth Branagh came in there and had a really good, strong concept on his take of that. And a lot of those fish out of water things work really well as a one shot. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's how, what's the next thing that you do? So, like, Captain America had the first one had uh, blanking on the guy, the director's name. Oh, Joe uh, Johnson. Joe Johnson. So, like, he came in and did a, you know, a, a, a very retro 40s rocketeer type thing. And that, mm-hmm. that worked really well for that one thing. And then for the second one, they had this whole other espionage thriller take. And that really worked. So, I think with Thor, it's, it's like, all right, what's the next yeah. concept yeah, that you can take? Yeah, Thor's sort of stuck in, like, it's like Lord of the Rings, but, and they don't know what that next, like, noun is. Yeah, there's not a lot of... they keep feeling around for it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, Well, on that note, I think we are going to take a quick refill break, and then when we get back, we will talk about a few other things, including our thoughts on the upcoming Avengers Age of Ultron. So we will be happy... You know, despite our discussion of uh, changing up writers and changing up directors, the uh, only seemingly consistent element of the MCU is Joss Whedon doing the Avengers movies. He will be writer-director for the second one, The Age of Ultron. I remember we, we reviewed Avengers, and uh, there were there was some disappointment, I think, among this panel. So I, I want to get a sense of, uh, you know, if... Leading into the second one, that disappointment is still prominent, or if there's anything you're excited about for this one based on what you've heard, based on where the MCU is now. So let's start with Kristen on that one. Kristen, on maybe a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for Avengers Age of Ultron? 1 to 10 what? Oh. <laughs> uh, 1 to 10 allergy tests for fun? <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> 1 to 10 uh, flying helicopter carriers that turn invisible. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, my instinct is two. Ooh. So wow. not, not not remotely excited, huh? I mean, I'm bar- gonna barely. fucking see it, but... <laughs> you'll see it, but you're not happy about it. <laughs> just sit there with my arms crossed the entire time. Hey, it worked for Guardians, but anyway. Yeah, I don't know, I just was so underwhelmed by the Avengers, and I've... And I wanna like it. I want this to work and it just isn't and i've tried watching the avengers again and just yeah i mean i i hate the final scene less but the the helicarrier battle just drags it's so long and so this looks like more invading hordes of faceless aliens which like you know, the, you know, throwing in a adorable Moppet to make me care. Like, I don't care about waves of aliens who are going to be taken out by killing the mothership. And also, like... If you gave it a cold. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that movie's unquestionably great, and I want to hear John do more impressions, but... And also, like, if it's Ultron, and they're already setting up this Infinity Gauntlet thing, like, he's not going to be taken out in this movie. I don't know where they're going, and... Is that true? I'm not, I'm not, I don't know enough. Well, I'd assume, like, so much of this with the Collector and all these jewels and Ultron being there, we've already got two. So, yeah, it seems, I mean, didn't they tease it at Comic-Con with, like, Josh Brolin with the gauntlet? So, yeah, they're doing that, so, I don't know. Right, but Ultron is essential for Thanos to get the gauntlet? Yeah, somehow. Hmm. Anyway, so I'll see it, and I hope it's better, but with the same cast and crew it's like you yeah know, probably not joss whedon again <laughs> so eh. uh let's let's move on to john john you feel the same any any additional thoughts i feel a little bit more enthusiastic about it um, <laughs> so wait i have to give is you it, yeah, is it possible say, to feel wanna, less all right, all right. do you want to ask me something yeah I, uh, all right fine <laughs> on a scale of one to ten uh, easter egg references to buffy the vampire slayer Nice. Oh, um, I would say a six. six. Um, I would say I'm more, I'm more enthusiastic about seeing them than not seeing them. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of worried. That, uh, a concern that I have is that 
as this universe sort of grows up and out and there's more characters, it's going to start to like buckle under its own weight. So like as they introduce more characters and like Kristen said, with, with the Infinity Gauntlet now, it's going to be like, are they going to be, too, are the movies going to be too intertwined with each other where there's all these like really asinine <laughs> references and, and connections throughout films and, you know, you've got to see all the, you've got to see all. But Collect them all. Like, yeah, by the yeah. time they get to a phase four, there's like seven different movies that you get to see to really get everything. And with the Avengers, I have this weird like yo-yo effect where it's like I'll watch it and like like when I, I don't, at this point I don't even remember how. I, I think when I first saw it, I liked it, and then as Rob talked about it, I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Rob poison killed yeah. the movie." Yeah, for well, you. that yeah. Um, but then I watched it again, and I kind of liked it. But it's like, I, I sort of know it's not, like, I, I, I don't think it's on a level with the Iron Man movies or the Captain America movies, but I like pieces of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm moderately looking forward to seeing the second one. I'm not super psyched up about it, but I'm going to see it. All right, uh, Rob, what about, what about you? I was pretty disappointed with the first one. I want to say though, not in a, a snooty kind of way. I think I was mostly disappointed because I was I was so ready for this movie to like melt my face off. Oh, I was really yeah. I was really really pumped for it to be awesome, and um, it was different than what I had expected. So yeah. All right, Rob, hold on. I gotta. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. We gotta we gotta, scale? We gotta yeah. do this scale thing. All right, Rob, on a scale of one to tens of millions of dollars in difference between Robert Downey Jr.'s contracts and everybody else's, um, <laughs> what do you give this movie? All right, uh, how, I mean, how excited are you for this movie? How excited? I'm gonna Sorry. probably probably give it like a, a three and a half. <laughs> Look, the the reality of it is we're probably gonna do an episode about it, so I'm gonna have to see it, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but how excited are you? That's right. See? I'm not excited to see it. Under like other circumstances, what might happen is this thing that's been happening between me and John lately where he's a little more willing to go out and see his movies like Ninja Turtles. So I like <laughs> lower him into the well of this movie. And then I pull him back up and I'm like, is it cool? Is it cool down there? And he goes, <laughs> eh. So I go, okay, I don't have to go. <laughs> or he goes, he's yeah, it's great. In the, in yeah, the, in the movie yeah. So, so, so I lower, lower John down in there and... Um, Sometimes he comes up with good news, and sometimes he comes up with bad news. Judging by, I mean, I'm a little worried about the, the stuff. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, no, I'll probably end up having to see it just because I want to join in on the podcast fun. But I don't know. The things that Kristen is saying and the things that John is saying are both, uh, I agree with. I'm concerned. I'm concerned with the like tidal wave of continuity that they're trying to keep up with the Avenger movies because it is sort of like these central hub things and of of storylines and such. And what Christian was saying in terms of like, I don't know, this is kind of a larger issue, but like as great as some of these Marvel movies are, they're all kind of telling the same story where it's like, okay, so there's a MacGuffin and we have to like try and convince the audience that we're going to let the bad guy have it, but then he doesn't have it at the end. And it's like, that's like ninety percent of the Marvel movies, and like, <laughs> even though it's great when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and the textures are so different, and you're getting some new character bits, and you get sort of a director and a writer who's doing some kind of like weird stuff. Ultimately, the the skeleton of the movie is the same, and it's like, oh, okay, like the guy isn't going to hold the glowing thing at the end. The other guy is going to hold the glowing thing at the end thrilling i mean like at a certain point it's like yeah i know how this ends i know you have to keep all these people alive for the three movies you already announced before i even saw (laughs) the movie so there is some frustration in this this rolling continuity and the fact that yeah a lot of these movies especially dealing with these infinity gems are kind of the same so i think age of ultron definitely falls into that category where it's like yeah there's i mean I think they're robots, not aliens this time. But yeah, kind of the same thing. I, I don't, uh, I don't know how it deals with the Infinity Gauntlet, but probably doesn't matter. So they're just gonna like plow, plow through them and get to the third movie. I don't know. Rant over. You know what? 
going off of kind of what John said about like introducing all these new characters, I want to call up what was it Feige or whatever, and just be like, you don't have to keep moving the ball down the court. I give you license to dribble, and just yeah. coast for yeah, one right. of these phases. They don't yeah, have right. to, and you know, like another portal to another world, the world's going to explode or whatever. Like tell smaller stuff. And, yeah. like, so many of these good... The best movies that we've been talking about, like Guardians and Cap, have been about people working together. And so... And, like, people bouncing off each other's personalities. And so make it more of a universe instead of, like, okay, we all come for this one reunion and then go off and do our separate things. It's, like, more mashups that are mm-hmm. more, like, character-driven. Because those are the good parts of Avengers, too. It's, like, when they're all bitching at each other in the lab those are the good parts of that movie and so i want more just like maybe it's just my fanfic ethos talking we're just like okay take these two dollies and you know put them in a room together and see what they do see that's that's what i thought avengers was and that's what i liked about it see I, i i i definitely liked avengers the most of anyone here and uh you know i'm probably an eight on a scale of one to ten um I don't know things. I'm oh, out of, come out of on. ideas. I'm too Your depressed. I'm too depressed <laughs> listening to you guys. But uh, yeah, I'm probably an eight. I'm actually really excited. I would say for uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, and I don't, I don't get too excited for big summer comic book movies. So, you know, the first one for me was everything I look for in those. And again, I'm, I'm definitely the most divorced from the comic book universe of, of anyone here, so that might have something to do with it. But uh, I walked in expecting to have fun and to have a really sort of polished action comedy that would keep me entertained for over two hours and not be too big of a mess. And I totally got that. And I was impressed that I got that because I walked in assuming that it would be a hot mess, that, that it would be several characters competing and nobody winning and instead it felt like everybody kind of went in and and was who they were supposed to be and had had their moment or two to to shine so i'm i'm hoping that the second one actually keeps up and maintains that i definitely get what you're saying Kristen, though about taking some time to not do the the same skeleton as rob was saying you know that skeleton of just you know big shiny cube bad guy's gonna get it for a while, then good guys are gonna get it back, and then world's not gonna end, and we're gonna be happy, and one good guy might almost die because of big shiny thing. Like, Tony Stark flies through the portal, oh no, he's gonna die, but no, he's fine. Uh, Star-Lord grabs the gem, oh no, he's gonna die, oh no, wait, he's fine. He's, He's good, he's good to go. Because of friendship. Yeah, because of the power of friendship and a <laughs> celestial father. That 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 also helps. Mm. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm I'm oh, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy about this movie coming out. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it. I I hope how I'm gonna like it. How can we change that? Yeah. How can how can we how can we drag that down? How can we break you? How do we break you, Jay? <laughs> we must break you. I do I do want to talk a little more broadly about the Marvel universe and where it's at right now and where it's headed. You know, I actually I kind of want to open it up a bit because I don't I don't really know where to start. It's so big that I feel like any any framing question I could ask would wouldn't be great. So I don't know, just broad thoughts on on this, the current state of the uni- universe and where it's going. <laughs> state uh, of the union. State of the, the state of the Marvel Union. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is it is Barack Obama the the president in in Marvel Comics? No. No. Really? I thought he was for a while. Well, not in the not in the movies. He's not. No, in, no, but in, in the comics. In the comics, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But anyway, let's start with Rob on that one because I, I I bet you have thoughts, Rob. I have thoughts. I have a weird theory actually. So Marvel knows that like it's not going to have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Helmsworth and um, Robert Evans. No, Chris Evans forever. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I think they're already kind of planning for that because, uh, as we may have may not mentioned on the podcast earlier, there's been some shakeups in the comics mm-hmm. where Thor is a woman now and Falcon is a new Captain America. And they haven't really explained it, but they're doing something very different with Iron Man. He's all white now or something. I don't know. But I think that they're planning for recasting of, for the movies. 
I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like a big equal opportunity diversity thing. I think they're actually planning for these these actors contracts to end. So when they change up the casting, it coincides with the books. Does that make any sense? Mm. Well, I know that Sebastian Stan has a multi-picture deal as well. And they yeah. also, like I saw in some of the promos, they tease Winter Soldier picking up the shield as kind of like a hint. Well, yeah. Before they even go to Falcon. I mean, maybe that's a movie is Falcon and Winter Soldier are facing off. Well, yeah. this is going back a couple years, but in like 2010, Bucky did become Captain America. Right. I do so, remember that, right, but... I don't know if they're doing that, but, you know, like, as Rob mentioned, a lot of times, you know, more recently, Marvel does make more of an effort to coincide things so that characters that are, you know, wearing the costumes in the movies matches up with the books. So, for example, with Spider-Man, when The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, Marvel yeah, was yeah. sure to make sure that Peter Parker was Spider-Man again and not Dr. Octopus. So... They, they are. They do seem to be staying on top of those types of things. So if those changes are happening in the comics, there's probably a good chance that they'll be happening in the movies too. But you know, those when characters switch places like that. So like, if the Falcon becomes Captain America, usually things like that only last for a year before yeah. you know the the status quo is sort of restored. So yeah. I don't know if those character changes are that long term, but. Uh, who, who knows? Who knows with this stuff? Which reminds me of an actress for the movies. Gwendolyn Christie is Thor. Who's that? She's uh, Brienne of Tarth. Uh, uh, yeah, she'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. She knows how to drop the hammer. She's in Star Wars now, though. Yeah. Oh. Uh, are we waiting for the big, uh, you know, Disney, Star Wars, Marvel Ugh. crossover? <laughs> Pat Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch the fuck out of that. I would watch the fuck out of that, too. I mean, I love the opening. The Mandalorian claw. The... Yeah, anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> Shut up! And he drops the severed head of Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, I guess, actually, I do want to ask you guys, there are a couple of new characters that are going to be introduced in Phase 3, and uh, I don't know too, too much about them, but uh, I might as well ask you guys if you have any initial impressions. But we've got Doctor Strange, apparently, in the works, and uh, the only thing I know about Doctor Strange I learned from watching a free Doctor Strange animated movie on Netflix, like, <laughs> a few days ago. Uh, All I hear is Doctor Strange love every fucking day. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange love, yep, there's definitely that. But uh, from the sounds of it, Stephen Strange is kind of a douche, and then he gets nice and becomes... Oh my god! ...for sorcerer. Groundbreaking. Wow, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of an inverse Batman. But anyway, uh, anyone, anyone have any thoughts on Doctor Strange or anything like that? Not a one. Not I a one. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like they're going to have the same Thor problem where it's like anything goes so they don't know what to do because, I don't know, whenever Doctor Strange walks into one of the comic books that I'm reading, I'm like, ugh. No, don't, don't, don't do this to me, comic book. Don't do this to me. Because then it's like anything is fixed with magic. And I'm just like, I, I, don't, I don't care anymore. I don't know. I feel like it could be cool as hell. I feel like actually um, based on what, and again, not super familiar, but based on what I saw, like if they get the right, if they get a David Fincher to do Doctor Strange, it could be really cool. Because he's got this, he's, well, he's tailor-made for Guillermo del Toro, actually. But um, <laughs> it sounds like he is Marvel's play on the Cthulhu mythos. Like, this kind of occult, sort of weird, other dimensionally, or dimensionally challenged world where horrible monsters are going to eat the bones off of you, or out of your body while leaving the skin there. Like, all sorts of weird stuff like that. Who did the yeah, hell I don't know. I think... I think it could be cool. Yeah, I think if if it's if it's taken seriously and it is kind of an action horror movie instead of an action comedy, I feel like that could be neat. Yeah, if it comes out turning like like Men in Black or something, or yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, that would be not not so good. So we've also got Ant Man, which apparently has been going through a lot of behind the scenes uh, drama. 
But uh, you guys have any thoughts on Ant Man? I don't know anything. Who? About I think that I think that Ant Man could be like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's announced and people go, "What?" You know, like it's it's something that it, it's a character that people probably aren't that familiar with. But I think it's something that's so weird and out there. If you get a director, like let's just say, like an Edgar Wright type, um, let's just say, <laughs> let's say, if you get if you get a director with a real good idea on how to approach it. It could be good, so I mean, for that one, I'm hoping something similar to Guardians of the Galaxy will happen, where it it doesn't. It sounds like it shouldn't make any sense, and it, it's going to be ridiculous, but it turns out to be good. That's what I predict for that one. I'm just still kind of stung over the fact that Edgar Wright's not doing it yeah. because I was I was really looking forward to that. Well, I don't know. I keep I keep hearing like conflicting reports about this about him walking off or being kicked off or coming yeah back. yeah yeah right it's uh it's kind of a gray area there where well, it's creative differences wasn't it yeah yeah but like i don't know it, it, edgar wright was like developing it around the time that like john favreau was making the first iron man like it's been in the pipeline forever and it's been like a passion project for edgar wright so it doesn't make a whole ton of sense that like everything was going great and then like just a couple of weeks before production edgar wright was like yeah you know what i don't care anymore so something i think something sort of unexpected came down the pike from marvel's direction the the rumor is that they handed him like another script um yeah. very, very late in the game i mean that was my understanding is that like he'd been working on it and then they wanted to incorporate it more into the mcu and this whole phase thing when he was yeah. doing his own thing and he said well this is my idea for it do you want me to do this or not and they said no we want it to be more cohesive right. and he said well then i'm not making a movie to your standards and making them to mine and he bounced yeah, something like that. Yeah, it sounds right. I mean, from what I read. Right, well, I, I meant, like, I thought there were, that it's still kind of in question as to whether he's actually kicked off the project or not. Or oh, no, he, no, no, no. They're he's shooting. definitely off? They're shooting with another director, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, interesting. That is that is very, very unfortunate. Doesn't well, bode well. Yeah, it doesn't bode well at all. I'm just well, waiting I, for DC to make a Batmite movie. Batmite. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy. Alright, so on that note, I think we will take our second refill break of the episode, so we will BRB. So uh, I think I think we're about Marvel Cinematic Universe out. I think we've we've all agreed that we've we've made our thoughts known. There are some some good things about what's going on right now. Some some less good things about what's going on now. And yeah, I think we are going to wrap up this episode of This Is Serious Business the same way we wrap up every episode of This Is Serious Business, and that is with our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about things we've been watching, reading, doing, playing, etc. That have nothing to do with what we've been talking about for the last forty-five minutes to an hour. So, who do I who do I pick on? Who do I make go first? Rob, I'm going to pick on you. Oh. Rob, <laughs> Rob, what have you been up to lately? You're going to do me like that? I'm going um, to put you on the spot. Well, actually, I haven't been up to too much, but this coming week, the final season of Boardwalk Empire oh. is coming on, and I am so, so very pumped. And I'm also a little surprised because uh, a couple of nights ago, I watched the HBO Go trailer. Jeff, have you watched this? I have not you, seen you, the trailer yet. You're all caught up, right? I, I did see the end of the last season, yes. Okay. So, I don't know what year that takes. I think it's supposed to take place in, like, 1924. It's the year that Al Capone comes to, into power and right. John Torrio gets shot and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. This next season takes place in 1931. Whoa! Time yeah. Jump. Yeah. So, time jump in 1931, if you... Uh, over to your Wikipedia machine mm. is uh, is the year that Al Capone is charged with tax evasion, which oh, is wow. the end of end of Al Capone. So it look, I mean, I don't think any of the other seasons deal with such a time jump, but they definitely made a bold move, and I guess want to show like the downfall of all these people. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how to feel about that because I was I was really enjoying sort of like the slow build, especially in the Chicago storyline. Mm-hmm. And well, now this is the last season, right? Yeah, last season. So I didn't think that the the end of this series would depict like an end for these guys. I didn't think that that was sort of like the end game, the story that they were going to try and tell. But apparently, it is. So I'm excited and I'm surprised. Right, and Prohibition itself ends not too long after that, right? I think it was 34, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 34. Yeah. yeah, probably not a coincidence. Yeah, right. Yeah. Probably not a coincidence. Yeah, cool. I I also am very very much looking forward to the the last season of Boardwalk Empire. I am sad that 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 series will end. It's it's one of those weird series where like I feel like it started a year or two ago, but it's yeah. You know, this is the fifth season, which is kind of crazy. So mm-hmm. cool. All right, thanks. Uh, let's move on to John. John, what have you been up to lately? A uh, couple things. This Saturday was the uh, newest episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, still watching that faithfully. So, you know, coming off of the season premiere last week with Deep Breath, this one was, um, you know, now that the new Doctor is established, it was a really good, strong sort of Monster of the Week episode where uh, the Doctor takes on the Daleks. But I'm I'm feeling good about about where this season's going. I, I really like Peter Capaldi as a Doctor, and I'm feeling pretty good about how the format of each of these episodes is going to be because. Stephen Moffat has said that they're going to return to the the mo- more of a monster of the week type of thing instead of the you know long overarching story arcs for the season. So Doctor Who is doing pretty well. And then the other thing that I did was uh, I read Maltese Falcon. Rather, I listened to um, an audio theater, which was it was cool. It was like an audio book, but it had different different actors and all the different parts, and there was sound effects and music and stuff. So that was cool. But that's what I've been up to. Awesome. Thanks, John. So let's move on to Kristen. Kristen, what have you been up to lately? Well, since you keep mentioning David Fincher, I've been watching all the uh, new trailers for Gone Girl, and I just want to say that y'all should read it before the movie comes out. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. That book is crazy good, and I've read everything by the author, Gillian Flynn, and I loved Gone Girl, and it's still my least favorite of the three. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's freaking incredible, and... the. The trailer isn't giving you half of what's going on in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know nothing about the the story at all. Is there like a basic premise you can give without revealing too much? I mean, yes, but it's going to sound bland as fuck. So you just have to trust me that it's way. Okay. Um, basically, a woman goes missing, and her husband is a total slime ball. And, huh? Yeah, and I, the <laughs> ca- casting is incredible. Rosamund Pike and Ben Affleck are going to be so good, and I think David Fincher is like a good fit based on the trailer and you know what I've seen it seems like the right like it has all the right elements of what the story should be and so I powered through that book in like a few days because I couldn't put it down so it's crazy good but also you know if you're interested sharp objects in dark places are also excellent so yeah read more Gillian Flynn excited for Gone Girl that's excellent I actually am in need of a new book at the moment read Gone Girl before the spoilers start happening Mm-hmm. Is that the, and are they all a trilogy or? No, I mean they all have. I can't even talk about what her strengths are because it's kind of a spoiler. Ah. But they're mystery thrillers mm-hmm. with very interesting characterization. Lots of really nasty characters, but in very realistic ways. So they're not evil. They're just nasty and mean. Right. Yeah. They're they they come off as as human. Yeah. <laughs> But only huh? just. <laughs> no, they're, they're all human. There's no like. There's nothing supernatural about any of this. But like in the dedication for one of her books, she has an acknowledgement to her husband, who she says like, "Who knows what I write and still likes to sleep next to me at night." <laughs> so <Gotcha>. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's see. What have I been up to? I finally got around to seeing the second uh, installment of the new animated version of Berserk that I think Studio 4C was responsible for putting together. Berserk is one of the longest-running manga of all time, uh, basically Japanese comic books. There was an anime series back in the 90s that was made out of probably the first quarter of the manga. They recently redid the entire bit that had been animated as three movies with completely modern sort of CG-enhanced animation and I love Berserk. I think it's one of the greatest pieces of media uh, ever created. 
It's very, very dark, very violent, very weird, kind of dark medieval fantasy element. And the second installment in the new series is called The Battle of Doldery, which is a pinnacle battle in basically a hundred years war that's been going on between these two kingdoms. There's lots of character development. At the same time, they bridge a lot. You lose a lot of what's great about the story in, in how rapidly they try to compress it into a single movie. I almost would not recommend it for people who aren't familiar with Berserk, despite the fact that it's so digestible, because the stuff that it cuts out is, is great. Tons of political intrigue gets lost, tons of character development gets lost, so there's a sequence where the main character, whose name is Guts, he, he, he kills a hundred people by himself and uh, in a battle. It, they don't do it in the like Marvel, you know, oh, he's beating up hundreds of guys by himself because he's so awesome and incredible. They actually do like kind of a weird sort of psychological take on what's going on inside his head at the time. And uh, he gets horrifically injured throughout the process. Like, it's absolutely miraculous that he survives. And by the end, he's basically about to die. But after that, in the manga and in the original series, there is, like, probably a six-month period where he's just recovering from that. Whereas in this movie, it cuts to the next scene, which is, like, the beginning of the next battle, and he's, like, he's fine. He's a-okay. He'd been shot with, like, 15 arrows and was bleeding profusely, but he's, he's, he's recovered. He doesn't even have scars. And I was kind of like, really? Really, movie? But uh, other than that, though, uh, if you if you know Berserk or are familiar with it at all, I would, I would recommend checking it out because it is super cool. So that is about it for me. At this point, I want to give you guys an opportunity to uh, make any shout-outs and to let people know where they can find you online, starting with John. On Twitter, at DrawTheStory. Cool. Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Heroes Are Boring. And Kristen? You can find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. Cool. You can follow me on Twitter at TisbJeff, T-I-S-B, for This Is Serious Business. I am tweeting a lot more than I used to. Uh, yes. Rob's been doing a good job <laughs> keeping me going. Me going on the Twitters. You can find this podcast online at tisbycast.com, where you can leave comments on any of our episodes and check out our full backlog. You can also check out our Tumblr, as well as our Facebook and our official Twitter account, which is way cooler than my Twitter account, and our MySpace or whatever the hell else we do. At this point, I, as always, have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. Um... <clears throat> All right, crickets. That's a good new direction. <laughs> I have a webcam now. I have to be careful not to accidentally video call because you guys would see that I sit here naked when we do these. <laughs> you too? I thought it was only me. Aww. This is serious business. How do we break you, Jeff?